0: How we need to have discernment today. Because what Jesus is talking about here, true righteousness, this comes when we die to ourselves. And we realize that we are nobodies and nothing, but God is everything in my life. Who am I? Nothing. Who is God? Everything in my life.
1: Falling, I am in love. I am, in love. I am in love with you. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've joined us for the first lesson in our new Sermon on the Mount series. Beginning with a helpful overview, Raul will lay the groundwork for our exploration of the inspiring truths and practical instructions that Jesus shared with His earliest followers, instruction that's practical for every modern-day disciple. Here's Raul Reese with today's lesson.
0: If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. We're going to begin the Sermon on the Mount, and what a blessing the sermon is. If you've never gone through the Sermon on the Mount, you're going to really uh, enjoy it. He's going to be talking about kingdom principles, which is really amazing. He begins in chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 this way. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying... So here we have the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most misunderstood messages that Jesus ever preached. Misunderstood. Some people think it's too legalistic when they read it. Some will say that it's not for today, it was for the past. And yet the Sermon on the Mount was given to those that call themselves disciples of Jesus Christ. Listen to what people say. One group says it is God's plan of salvation, that if we ever hope to go to heaven, we must obey all these rules. Secondly, another group calls it the Charter for World Peace and begs the nations of the earth to accept it. The third group says, Tell us that the Sermon on the Mount does not apply today, but that it will apply at some time in the future, perhaps during the tribulation period or the millennium kingdom. And yet the key theme in the Sermon on the Mount is true righteousness. In the book of Matthew 5.20, Jesus said, For I say unto you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven That's a heavy scripture. Here Jesus is talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, those people that are religious, those people that don't want to obey God's word, those people that are not connected with the truth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his word. And surely today in the 21st century, we see such people as the Pharisees and the scribes today. How we need to have discernment today. Because what Jesus is talking about here. True righteousness. This comes when we die to ourselves. And we realize that we are nobodies and nothing. But God is everything in my life. Who am I? Nothing. Who is God? Everything in my life. And the religious leaders here had an artificial external righteousness based on the law. They did not see or accept the grace of God. That's why they were continually after Jesus. Let me give you a preview of what the Sermon on the Mount is going to be teaching us very quickly here. First of all, Jesus lays down for us the principles and rules of the kingdom, these are the principles and the rules for the kingdom living. Number one, in Matthew chapter 5, 1 through 12, and the first thing that he gives to us in the introduction is what? The Beatitudes. The Beatitudes. What my attitude should be as a child of God. First 12 verses. He starts out with, Blessed are those that are poor in spirit. And then secondly, those that are mourning over sin. And it's really important because when Jesus is speaking here about the kingdom attributes, it's an attitude and it's a life that every child of God, if you're in the kingdom, should live by these attributes. By these characteristics. And yet, look at the church today. I don't see that today. If there was true mourning for sin, then we wouldn't be in the position we are today in the church as children of the light and salt and rebuilding salt in our lives. Truly being salt. So we're going to talk about those attributes as we move through the Sermon on the Mount. Secondly, in chapter 5, 13 through 16, he speaks about kingdom actions. That's about salt and light. And then thirdly, he speaks in chapter 5, 17 to 20, concerning kingdom and the law of God. What is truly the law of God and what is faith today? And then fourthly, the kingdom in the Old Testament from chapter 5, 21 to 48. And it's amazing the way he concludes chapter 5. He says, be you perfect even as your heavenly father is perfect. Wow. Go home and read it. God expects perfection. We can't be perfect. But he expects us to be obedient to the word of God. To the word of God in obedience. When you go down to chapter 6 of Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, the second part, Jesus here will be speaking about the model of praying, a model of prayer, about fasting, fasting about money and trusting God, which we're going to see. He starts out in chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, and he gives us the rules, the rules that we need to abide with. Secondly, in chapter 6, verse 4, he talks about true rewards in the kingdom of God. And then I like this. In chapter 6, verse 9 through 15, He gives us a model prayer, not the Lord's Prayer. Everybody calls that the Lord's Prayer. That's not the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. That's not the Lord's Prayer. The real Lord's Prayer is in John chapter 17. Read it when you go home. That's the real Lord's Prayer. This is a model prayer that he gives to us. And notice how he starts in the model prayer Our Father, which art in heaven. When we pray, immediately, Lord, I want, I need. That doesn't come until the end of the prayer. The first thing we have to enter into the presence of God is broken and repented people so that we can pray. And knowing that God is on the throne. And that God has a listening ear to the things that we're talking about to Him when we come into the presence of God and we begin to communicate with Him. And then what He's going to do again in verses 16 through 18, He's going to tell you not how to fast to lose your weight so you can look good. But He's going to tell you how to fast, really fast. So that the kingdom of God can be blessed. How to get rid of sin. Sin that is taking and becoming king in your life. The denial of self. And then when you pray and deny yourself. Then God is going to talk to you about your finances. Finances. The problem today with many people in the church is they pay more to Bank of America than they ever give to God in interest because of your credit cards. And that's why so many churches become beggars for bread because the congregation doesn't really give to God what belongs to God. He's asking you to give to Him sacrificially that which you don't have. It's a sign of obedience. It's actually something that as a believer, not only in coming to God in prayer and communion with God and fasting and then saying, Lord, everything that I have is yours. But when it comes unto it, is it really his? Is it really his or is it all yours? And when you die, you can't take nothing with you. Nothing. So we're going to talk about a lot of things in the Sermon on the Mount. Then in chapter 6, he's going to be talking about trusting in him. Really having faith in him. Not worrying about what you're going to wear tomorrow. If he takes care of the birds, then how much more will he take care of you because he loves you? Think about it. He's going to talk to us about that. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And then finally in chapter 6 verse 31 to 34. He's going to give you the greatest invitation he's ever given. He's going to say this in Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. All things will be added unto you. It doesn't mean you're going to get rich. He's going to give you everything according to his will that he thinks is best for you. So we're going to be hitting that pretty hard. And then in chapter 7, which is a real favorite chapter for me, as I read the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is going to be teaching and asking, when we ask God for our needs, he's going to not only teach us about how we can give to other people and help them out, but how to become a real child of heaven. In the chapter 7, verse 1 to 12, he's going to give us a bunch of little exhortations to the child of God.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Download our free app for convenient access to Bible-based resources that will lift your spirit and guide you in God's ways. You can also visit us at somebodylovesyou.com and call us at 800-634-9165. Now let's rejoin Raul for more of today's message.
0: In chapter 7, 7 through 11, he's going to talk about our responsibility to the Lord. Your responsibility, my responsibility to God in this world. And then in chapter 7, verse 12, he's going to teach us in our responsibility to the world. And then in chapter 7, 13 to 27, he's going to give us five major illustrations. Check this out. Five major, illustrations. right before he closes the Sermon on the Mount. And he gets to chapter 8. And this is the first thing that he says. There are two roads. Chapter 7, 13 through 14. He says there's a road that is very narrow. And there's only one gate. And he says, and very few people enter into that gate, which is the kingdom of heaven. He says, but the second road is very wide and very broad, and many, many go into destruction. He's going to talk to you about hell and heaven. How the majority of people in the world choose the broad road, not the narrow road. And then what he's going to do, talking about the two roads, he's going to talk now, secondly, about false prophets and false teachers outside and inside the church. Who they are, what they do. And then thirdly, he's going to talk about two kinds of disciples. The ones that say, Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name, I cast out devils in your name, and I did miracles and wonders in your name. And the answer will come back. I never knew you depart from me, you servant of iniquity. Wow. Who's he talking to? Believers. The sermon demands for believers, not non believers. Believers. I was thinking the other day, I was driving down the street, and I was thinking, wow, man, imagine what it must be like for people that are dying right now in hospitals, in care homes, whatever it is. I wonder what it's going to be like for every one of us when we're laying there, and you know that you're going to die today or tomorrow. What is going through your mind As Satan is on one side of your bedside and saying there's no heaven, there's no God, and what you've done, don't worry about it. You're going to be okay. And on the other side, the Holy Spirit speaking, you better get things right because pretty soon you're going to be in eternity. Can you imagine how many people go to the grave denying Jesus Christ? Denying Him. With doubts in their minds because they've believed the philosophy of this world. The philosophy that has destroyed so many people. And yet, when he talks about this whole thing of discipleship, he wants to make sure that you're connected to the truth and that you're obedient to God's word. Because he said many, many will be what? Will be sent into the place where people will be tortured forever and ever and ever and ever. Very important to know where you're going. And then you know what he does after that? He brings in number four. And he talks about two types of trees. Good fruit, evil fruit. Good fruit or evil fruit. And then I like the last one. Because the last one, he talks about two kinds of houses. The one house that was built on the rock, and the second house was built on the sand. And when the floods came, the house that was built upon the rock, which is Jesus Christ. Trials temptations, and all kinds of other things in your life, that house stood still. Why? Because your faith and trust was in Jesus Christ. But the house that denied Jesus Christ, the house that didn't really put their faith in Christ, when the floods came, what happened? It fell down. That's going to be the end for a lot of people. That's why Paul the Apostle in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 And then in chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, verse 10, and then Romans 14, 10, he says there's going to be a day which is called the Bema Seat of Christ, a judgment for believers. And then that judgment, whether it be gold, silver, wood, hay, or stubble, are going to be thrown into the fire to evaluate the value of your works and whatever was done with the right attitude for God, not for yourself, it's going to endure the fire. But if it was all for self, it's going to burn. Nothing will be rewarded to you. You'll be saved us by the fire, the scripture says. That's why we keep exhorting you. We keep telling you about the word of God. Two buildings. A house that will not stand and then a house that will stand because it's built upon Jesus Christ. He is the master. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. So now let's go to chapter 5, verse 1 for the introduction to the lessons that we're going to be talking about. Jesus now is around the Sea of Galilee. And let me say this. When you go to Israel, those of you that have gone with us, remember when we went from uh, Caesarea, we went up to Mount Carmel. And from Mount Carmel, we saw over to the other side, below us was the Valley of Megiddo. And on the other side, way on the other side, we saw Nazareth, where Mary and Joseph lived, where Jesus lived there, remember, until he was 30 years old. And when you get to Nazareth, we don't really stop. We stop for a few minutes just so they can look, take a picture, and we're gone. Because there's nothing good in Nazareth. And when you're coming down into the Sea of Galilee, Tiberius is here, Capernaum is here, and the Galerians are over here. And what's incredible is when you come to Tiberius, and you want to go across to the Sea of Galilee, you can go around this way, or you take a boat and you go across by a boat. And when you land in Capernaum, you come immediately to the actual uh, place of worship where the Jews used to worship. And there underneath that building is the original synagogue that is below where Jesus taught. And when you're standing there, all of a sudden you look to your left. And as you go up the hill, you'll come up to what's called the hill of the Mount of uh, Beatitudes. Years ago, we used to go up there. The Catholic Church owns that hill. And they've put a fence now where you can't really go out and sit on the hill. And so when we used to do that years ago, we used to get there and go out into the hill, sit there, look at the Sea of Galilee, and have our Bible study in the Sermon on the Mount. Amazing, amazing, amazing. But imagine Jesus now going up into the Mount, and He's sitting there, and all these people that are following Him, but He's not talking to them. He makes a separation. They're down in the valley. He goes up with his disciples and walks up higher, and he sits with his own disciples, 12 of them, once a betrayer, Judas. And he begins to teach kingdom principles. He says, if you really, truly want to be a real believer, I'm going to show you between the law and the grace of God. The law of God was the schoolmaster that brought me to Jesus Christ because it showed me my sins and he convicted me. And then I came by repentance to Jesus Christ and accepted him as my Lord and Savior. That's the way it is. So imagine here and seeing the multitude. Jesus had eyes for multitudes. When he saw people, he saw people in need. How do you see people in your life? How do you see people in your life? Do you have compassion for them? It says that Jesus moved with compassion for them. But I wonder how we look at people. Do we look at people as people that we don't like? Or do we look at people that need Jesus Christ? They need Jesus Christ. And we don't have to preach. We can just minister to them by the way we live. A life of obedience to the kingdom of God. And then secondly, it says that he went up into a mountain, which is there by the Beatitudes. And then I like this. And then when he was seated, you know, the rabbis in the synagogue, like me teaching here, I would be sitting and the congregation would be standing. Probably so you wouldn't fall asleep. (laughs) Here Jesus, the teacher... He sits down and notice the separation between the multitudes and what? He sat down and now the multitudes are gone and the 12 of disciples of Jesus Christ come to listen to what he has to say. Check this out of verse two. This is pretty cool. And then what does he do? He opens his mouth. Now when you open your mouth, are you building up people or are you tearing down people? What comes out of your mouth? And what comes out of your mouth comes out of your heart. Be careful. When he opened his mouth at any time, it was good. Building up. Healing people. Proclaiming the kingdom. Or saying, be healed. That's what came out of his mouth. At this particular moment, he opened his mouth and he taught them. He taught them. There's the difference between teaching, preaching, and healing. Preaching is for the non-believer. And teaching is for those that are Christians. Believers. And now he's going to sit down. And he's going to start with the Beatitudes to speak to his disciples. And say, if you really, truly want to be a disciple, this is the way you have to live. And if you can't live this way, you cannot be my disciple.
1: We hope that you've been encouraged by today's assurance that God hasn't left us to fend for ourselves. He's provided clear instructions in His Word. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review the message you've heard today, we'll be glad to send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. Our phone number is 800-634-9165, and today's lesson was titled, The Sermon on the Mount. As we delve more deeply into Christ's teachings with this series, we encourage you to order Rawls' helpful new book titled Sermon of Sermons. This resource illuminates the Lord's guidelines for a fruitful, heavenly-minded life. Get in touch with us today to take advantage of our deeply discounted pre-order rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. To order, visit us online at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165 And ask for Rawl's brand new book titled Sermon of Sermons. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, the mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Here at Somebody Loves You Radio, our mission is to support and equip you for success in your walk with the Lord Jesus. We welcome your thoughts about how we can better serve you, and we invite you to take advantage of our many free resources. Join for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. This Q&A program offers Bible-based insights to help you navigate life in a way that's honoring and pleasing to the Lord. You can also download podcasts of all of these programs using iTunes or Spotify. And you'll want to visit our website to subscribe to Rawls' inspiring daily devotional emails. We're grateful for your partnership. Your tax-deductible donations keep us on the air and help us continue spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, it's always a blessing to study the Word of God with you, and we'd love to have you join us again next time for more from the Sermon on the Mount series. Your spirit will be uplifted by the assurance that God hasn't called you to follow a set of religious rules, but He wants to walk with you in real relationship. I am in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.